Getting sober requires a lot more than mind over matter, a lot more than willpower. It's about leveraging the support around you. People in recovery typically need a mix of medical help, emotional support, and changes in lifestyle to manage their addiction, not just mental determination. As both a therapist and someone embracing the recovery lifestyle, there's one tool I always recommend to people needing extra accountability, Soberlink. Soberlink is a high-tech breath analyzer system designed to help you get and stay sober. And here's why I love it. You'll test the same day every day, eliminating testing anxiety. Friends and family receive instant test results, helping you rebuild trust and preventing relapse. Accountability is a part of that, and it's something to really be embraced. Devices have built-in facial recognition, so your support circle knows you're testing, and tamper-resistant sensors flag any attempts at trying to beat the system, so your sobriety is never questioned. So let 2024 be your best year yet. Visit Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M to sign up and receive $50 off your device. That's Soberlink.com forward slash T-A-M. And let accountability be your guide. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everyone, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. My name is Dwayne Osterland, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Novus Mindful Life Institute, Family Counseling and Recovery Center in Long Beach, California. If you or anyone you know is struggling with any of life's challenges, reach out to us. You can find more information about us at theaddictedmind.com forward slash help. Also, I am looking for people who are interested in sharing their story. I want to include snippets of audio of people sharing about what has worked for them or a loved one who has been dealing with addiction, maybe offering some words of hope and encouragement. You can go to theaddictedmind.com and right on the side, there's a tab that says share your story and you can share a 90 second audio clip. And I wanted to get other people's voices onto the podcast. I wanted to hear from people out there who are dealing with this and they can share some of their hope and wisdom to someone else who may be struggling. So if that's a fit for you, please go to the website and take a risk and do that and hopefully be able to feature them in future episodes. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review us in iTunes. I looked the other day, we're at a little over 180. I'm hoping to get to 200 reviews. I don't know why I picked that number. I guess it's a round number, but it's just really exciting to be able to see that people are listening and enjoying it. And by doing that, it also moves it up in iTunes as well. So more people can find the podcast. So I really appreciate it. And all the people that have left reviews, thank you very much. Okay. So let's go on to today's episode. Today, we are talking with Faye Mandel. And she is going to talk about how being in the present moment, looking at our reality from a quantum perspective 
can help us find more joy and happiness. I enjoyed talking to Faye. It was just enjoyable, and you could really feel her energy about doing this work and helping people mitigate their suffering and create the life that they want. So it was fun to really talk with her, and I really enjoyed the episode. So with that note, let's go ahead and start it. All right, everybody, welcome to the Addicted Mind podcast. Today, my guest is Faye Mandel, and she's going to talk about quantum physics, spirituality, connection, being in the present moment. Faye, thank you for coming on. You want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hello, everybody. My name is Dr. Faye Mandel, and I um, am a practicing awareness coach. That's what I call myself these days. I have a PhD in psychology, but I don't use the old paradigm psychological framework that I learned in graduate school. And the reason why is because I was living in Cambridge, Massachusetts at the time after I graduated. And in Cambridge, Massachusetts, there is a, an informal law that you must go to school no matter how many numbers or letters you have after your name. There's this informal law that you have to be learning at all times in Cambridge, Massachusetts. So I went to the Cambridge Adult Education a building and I got a catalog that was about this thick and I said, I'm not going to go through all these courses. I'm just going to put my finger down. Little did I know at that time that random was the order of the universe. So I put my finger down expecting to take med uh, meditation or photography or something. And the course that my finger landed on was called Quantum Physics of the Face of God. Now, number one, I got through my entire educational experience without taking one physics course, because physics was for the smart people at Harvard and MIT. I went to Boston College. I just wanted to help people, you know, so I didn't have a good feeling about my sense as a quantitative scientist. So let's leave that at that. And I'm culturally Jewish, but I'm not religious. So I, quantum physics and the face of God did not resonate with me as a topic that I would be particularly interested in. But I decided to take it anyway. And it was a Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, and it was given by a man by the name of Fred Allen Wolf, who was one of the physicists in the movie What's the Bleep? I don't know whether anybody's ever seen that movie, but it's a phenomenal movie. And so he was a, one of the physicists there. And what he taught me, I fully went in expecting to be dumb and not know and not understand anything and not be able to add and all of this other stuff. And he completely reoriented my life. And anybody that I talk to from that moment on will be affected by this man's ability to help me see clearly that reality is not what it seems. And to, not to understand, but to experience the equation E equals MC squared. So E equals MC squared is energy equals matter times the speed of light squared. So I think the speed of light squared is 268,000 miles per second squared. But somebody told me that that wasn't the exact number a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to use it anyway, because it doesn't really matter. It says that energy equals matter times the speed of light squared. So if we could go 286,000 miles per second squared, everything that we see as matter would be white light. And I said, wait a minute. You're telling me that this table is not a table, and you're telling me that that's not a computer? And he said, yes, I am. I'm telling you that it's all a matter of vibration and resonance. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, well, what if everything isn't real? What is real? And that started my journey. I self-educated myself in quantum physics, not in the mathematical part of quantum physics, but in the metaphysical part of quantum physics, where the observer is not separate from the observed, where one thing can be in many places at many times, 
where one thing in, in New York can influence one thing in Japan without any transfer of energy, and on and on and on and on and on. And so I became very friendly with this person named Albert Einstein. I used to be intimidated by him, you know, but he's now become my butt. I call him Al now. And Al has really changed my whole understanding of reality. And he's very important in understanding that we are not separate from the observer. Therefore, we create our own reality. Therefore, if we really got that we do that and we knew the methodology about how we create our own reality, I believe life would be very different for a lot of people. Well, and I think, you know, when we're talking to people who are really struggling in life, they're really having a hard time being able to open their mind to other possibilities in and of itself creates maybe the ability to change in directions that we didn't think were possible. Well, Albert Einstein also said that you can't change something with the information used to create that something. So you can't solve a problem with the information used to create the problem. So people are trying to solve people's suffering and people's depression and their neurosis and their addictions using content. And I really believe Al. So I went to a whole different methodology. I went to quantum physics. And I use time and space because if you understand that thought is something that moves you in time, therefore when you're thinking, you can't be in the present moment. And when you're in the present moment, the mind is quiet and the information from your body becomes what you focus on and what's intelligent for you because the body has superior intelligence. So you get a cut on Tuesday and on Friday, you look at the cut and it's gone. How did the body do that? That's not rhetorical. I'm actually asking you, how did the body do that? Right. I mean, what I hear you saying is in a way, what I hear you saying is if you are opening your mind to this, you're in the present moment that, and you can be there, you can be still, you can listen to your body. Your body is going to tell you, or you're going to, I guess, tap that wisdom, that inherent wisdom when we can be still. Well, we don't even have to be still. We just have to shift our attention from being addicted to the thoughts in our head to listening to the information from our body. There's two data bits. When you are listening to thoughts and your head, you're listening to information or data. But if you're listening to your body, you're listening to information or pattern. So it's a completely different thing. Pattern is repeatable, it's scalable, it makes connections, it makes things clear, it makes things focused, it makes things easy to do right action with. So if you're listening to your body, your body's going to, this is the way I would talk about it, I collapse it into a very simple schematic, which is that all of our cells have membranes, and our membranes are very intelligent. They can sense and react, this is good for you, go forward, this is bad for you, go away. So we all know what else uses zero ones, it's a computer. But if a computer uses zero ones and doesn't have any codes, then it's not going to be able to function, you have to code it. What happens with us is we have this information from our cells, billions of cells giving us this information moment by moment by moment. Simultaneously, it is experienced when the sperm hit the egg, you got codes, but you got nature's codes. A lion knows how to be a lion, a person, a human knows how to be human, a cat knows how to be a cat. And these are all what we call natural codes. So simultaneously, you're getting the information from the membranes of your cells, which tell your natural codes what combination of these codes are needed to be in right relationship to the moment. And bingo, you just do them. There's no head involved in any of this. 
okay? The head is quiet so that it can do its function, which is to create and innovate connecting to the moment. That's what the mind is supposed to be doing. It's like if you're going to put up a picture, you take the nail and you open your toolbox, you take the hammer, you take the hammer and you, and you hammer the nail and you put the picture up and then you put the hammer away. You don't hammer your kids or your wife or, or your friends, but thought has gotten out of control. It has a specific function. It's an exclusive function. It's a beautiful function. It innovates and creates for us with, a, with the information from the moment. And so it's, we're the only species that has it and it's brilliant. But it's gotten out of control because what it is used for now is to discharge feelings. Feelings are, are not what the dictionary says feelings are. Feelings are information from the body to you. And inheritance of feeling is the right action to do so that you can recalibrate yourself to come to the present. Just like it heals a cut, it knows how to bring you back to the present. But what you have to do is you have to jump start. Because in physics, there's a principle that says something in motion stays in motion, something at rest stays at rest. So you have to like a key to a car. In order to get it to go, you got to turn the key. So in order to get the body to do, use its superior intelligence, you have to pay attention to the feeling, which is the exact opposite of that the culture tells us to do. So the three basic feelings that are in formation are anxiety, the one that has the most women taking anti-anxiety drugs than any other drug in this culture, okay, that's first, frustration, and you're never allowed to be frustrated, or I'll stay till 12 o'clock at night, I'll work on Sunday's other, and sadness, which is a feeling that particularly men aren't allowed to do, but even women, they look histrionic or hysterical or whatever. So, right, so the culture has charged those feelings negatively, so you don't even pay attention to them, never mind, jumpstart the superior intelligence of your body to create the actions needed to stay present. So let me just restate this so I know that I'm understanding what you're saying. So when we're caught up in a way in our emotions, or we have all these feelings, we're in distress. No, feelings are just information. Right. I know that, but what, that's what you're saying. So we have these feelings that come up and we don't know what to do with them. We don't realize they're actual information that can help us, like what you're saying, come back to the present moment and tap into that wisdom. And when like, you know, this is the Addicted Mind podcast. So when someone's struggling with addiction, the feelings are no longer information. The feelings are driving the bus, I guess. Well, what happens is if you don't do the action for a feeling, because like anxiety, the feeling is to the words that anxiety say to you is you're losing your focus. So you pay attention to the anxiety and the body superior intelligence recalibrates you back to the present. In frustration, frustration says make a different choice. And so if you pay attention to the frustration, which is a general tension in your body, your body will automatically make a different choice. And the third one is sadness, which says you got to close this experience. It's over. You know, you got the wisdom. It's already encoded on your DNA. So sadness is a feeling that allows you to take the action to close close the experience, get it out of the present moment, and come back to the present moment. So those three feelings are friends. They create information for us. They're important. But if you don't do the action, the feeling has to get discharged. And this is where the problem comes in. The feeling creates a thought, puts itself on the thought like a horseback rider on a horse, and gets discharged that way. So what happens is a feeling now becomes a feeling thought. And we, what we do is we call that a lower emotion. Okay, so, so let me just give you an example. The feeling thought of anxiety is worry. The feeling thought of sadness is guilt or shame. 
The feeling, thought of frustration is anger in the form of judgments, comparisons, negations, and negative self-talk. So we can eliminate all of those by putting your attention on the feeling, jump-starting the superior intelligence of your body, and letting the body do the actions that will keep you present. So the negative emotions are feelings plus thoughts. So what you have to do, you have to separate out the feeling from the thought. And the way that you do that is that you don't listen to the content of the thought. You listen to how the thought is structured so you could find out where you are in time and space. So example. Real quick, like this goes back to what you were saying in the very beginning, which was that, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but like reality is not the way we perceive it, that we have to be open. We can't be locked into this idea of what reality is. And the way that we get locked in is that when we have experiences, they create forms which then become our belief systems. So if a little kid comes downstairs, comes down with one orange sock and one green sock, and the mama says, you turn around and watch right up the stairs and put two orange socks on and two green socks. And the kid said, why? And he said, because that's the way you do it. You have to have things that match. So that becomes a belief system. I mean, people get crazy. They match shoes with pocketbooks, with, with uh, you know, sweaters, with coats, with jackets. I mean, it's, you know, it has become such a belief system. And what happens is the creativity of the child is lost. Right, yeah, definitely. Right? So that's what happens. So we have a group of people who live in these forms. I call it being in the matrix. Okay, I don't know what these sort of matrix one, but that is... Yeah, yeah, I love that show. Yeah, that's the best visualization of how I understand what's happening to the world. We just live in this computer program, computer simulated program, and we just do things by rote. We don't even are curious of whether it makes sense to do them or not. Before you give the example, I was going to say, like, then we get locked into this idea of what reality is, and we almost like fight for that reality, even to our own detriment, even though it's not necessarily has to even be that reality. It could be something else. So it creates that sense of, what I call like openness, like flexibility. All sorts of things. That's what I do. I actually reframe for people so that they could see it in a different perspective. At least three or four times when I work with my clients, I say, okay, so that changes the perspective on things. That changes the perspective on things. That changes the perspective on things. So basically what happens is you have to listen to the structure of the thought because the structure tells you where you are in time and space. So let me go back one second. So you take the feeling, you go to the action, creates the thought. The thoughts that anxiety create are about the future. The thoughts that sadness create are about the past. And the thoughts that frustration creates are about other people and things and negative self-talk. So let me just give you an example. So let's use, I use, I work with a lot of salesmen and they say, what if I don't make my numbers this month? Okay. So what if is a future word? So we already know that we're in the future. So anything that goes after the what if becomes ridiculous or absurd, because now we know we're in the future. That's the first part of the GPS, because you got to know where you are in order to get to where you want to go. And where you want to go is back to the present moment, and in the English language, it's I am. Am is a present tense verb that lets you know you're in the now, and I is a pronoun that lets you know your attention is listening to those membranes and those natural codes and doing right action. Okay, that's where all your attention is. And so the basic thing that people have to understand, fundamental, is that you choose where to put your attention. So I'm going to do a little process with you just for a second. So here's a pen as a lighter, okay? I want you to put your attention on the lighter. Okay. Get the attention off the lighter and put it on the pen. 
Now take it off the pen and put it on the lighter. Right. Now take it off the lighter and put it back on me. Did you feel you had the capacity that, to choose where to put attention? Yes. Right? Yes. So now I'm going to ask you, take the attention off the thoughts and put it on the body. Right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. So simple. However, and this is where this podcast comes and why I was so interested in doing this podcast, we are addicted to those thoughts. And we have to treat our attention to those thoughts as if they were an addiction and give it the power and reverence that an addiction deserves. Because an addiction is your lover, is your friend, is your partner, is your being. And if you don't have that, nothing else matters. You have to have it. So to get people off of the addiction of listening to their stories and changing that attention to the structure of the thought, not the content, is the challenge of the awareness. Right. And if you're tied so much or you have so much invested in that reality that you've created, I guess, in your mind, the story, and you have so much tied into that, it's so distressing, I guess, to try and shift that focus. But what you're saying is once you shift that focus... It's a miracle and you're free and you're happy and you make choices and you're driven by these wonderful six drivers, which are service, compassion, integrity, accountability, courage, and gratitude. That's what drives your behavior when you are free of addiction. Right, yeah. Okay, and just because you can't see this addiction, because addiction to a thought, doesn't mean it's not as powerful, if not even more powerful, than addiction to some of the things that you can see, like obesity or you know smoking or things like that. Like it reminds me a lot of, I guess it would be like Taoism or, or Buddhism, the letting go of attachment to this reality and just, you know, walking away from that and that all suffering is rooted in our attachment to this. Those outcomes. And you know what we're attached to? What we do, which is really bizarre, uh -huh. is we create an attachment to one outcome given quantum physics says that everything is potential till you pay attention to it, okay? So you create one outcome, and it's usually the worst outcome in the world, which then prevents you from having any other outcome because you're attached to it, so you're going to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, no, I can totally understand that. And I think that's when people are struggling in life, this is such a big part of that process, you know, of getting to that space. Yes, the biggest thing that people don't, have consciousness of is that they can choose where to put their attention. And I give one story because it's such a powerful story. So three years ago, I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and I had like 37 or 40 clients. And I said to them, well, you, I can get you find you another coach or you can go through this thing with me. So 36 out of the 37 decided to go with me. And their question to me was, how did you feel when you heard your diagnosis? And I said, I didn't feel anything. It is what it is. I didn't put any charges on it, any judgments on it, any comparisons on it. It is what it is. And I started making my bucket list and what I have to do, so and so forth. And then two weeks later, I got a second opinion up at, or I can't, I'm blocking on the name, it doesn't matter, a great hospital in Baltimore, and Johns Hopkins. And the guy, the surgeon says to me, the good news is you're a candidate for a Whipple surgery, which is an eight-hour surgery, which I didn't think was such good news, but he thought it was good news. And he said, oh, right? and he said the other thing is that he didn't think that I had pancreatic cancer. I just didn't feel, he, the surgeon used the word feel, so I loved him already. So he said, I just didn't feel like pancreatic cancer. He said, I won't know till I open you up, but you know, I do hundreds of these, and this does 
did not feel like that. And indeed, it wasn't that. It was intestinal cancer, which is much less virile and much more easily controlled and grows very slowly and blah, blah, blah. So here I am, better than I was before I was sick. So let me tell you what I did so the audience will know. Because when you get sick, you can choose how much attention. uh, You can make it big or you can make it small. So I took a 20 by 20 piece of white paper and I took a number two pencil and sharpened it as sharp as I possibly could. I made a little dot right in the middle of the page. I folded the, the white paper. I put it in a carton. I walked up to the attic. I put the carton in the attic. I put other cartons on top of that. And that's how much attention I give to my illness. Wow. Where anybody else? Big. <laughs> Me, Leo. Right. So where you put your focus, where you put your attention can have a big impact right. on how you manifest your life. Totally. And so much that I don't listen to what the doctor tells me, okay, is that I take my chemo pills with thyroid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course, you're not supposed to drink, so I take it with thyroid. So, because I do not believe that because they profess something that they know it and reality is not what it seems. And I take the chemo pills because my children think it's working and he thinks it's working, but I don't think it's working. I think CBD oil is working. I think liquid yoga is working. I think not putting any attention on it is working. I think the busy is working. <laughs> you know, that's what, and I am a living example of this because three years ago I had this terminal diagnosis, blah, blah, blah. And went through this huge, humongous operation. And here I am, better than I was before. And here you are. And much of where you put your focus, right? I mean, you know, and I think, you know, in my own life, in tragedies that have struck, I found that how I would deal with them, the better the outcome was where I chose to put my attention. Sometimes that's difficult. It's challenging. You get caught back up in it and you got to go, wait a minute, where am I? Wait, I got to read. That's the question. Where am I in time and space? Okay, am I in the future? Am I in the past? Am I focused on other people and things, which everybody is all the time? Or am I doing negative self-talk? And how do I get back to that place where there is none of that? Right. There's no worry, where there's no guilt, where there's no anger, where there's no judgments, where there's no negative self-talk, where there's no, where there's gratitude and joy and, and fascination and you're connected to the universe in a way that like you walk by a tree, I'm just looking at a tree outside right now, and the tree has an intention. Everything in nature has an intention. So you just don't walk by and say, gee, that's a nice tree. You know that the tree is telling you that you can practically live forever and that it gets its nutrients from the earth, so you got to be very careful about the earth and feed it and make it nice and don't burn it up and all those other things. So it has a, you have a, can have an intentional conversation with a tree. Right, yeah. But you have to be in that space to be able to experience that and not in your head so you're walking right by the tree i kind of say it's like connecting to the universe it's this bigger thing than ourselves and there's moments where you can just really feel connected to i guess the bigness of it all i don't know how else to describe it but exactly right and it's a very spiritual space and a state of being and it is a wonderful experience and i think i have some idea of that, of what you're talking about, and maybe frame it with different language, but like I get the essence of what you're saying. And so I have a couple of things that I do every day. The first thing I do is I try to create raving fans, which is everybody that I meet has to be better off for meeting me. Mm. 
no matter who it is, whether it's the person at Publix, whether it's the architect, whether it's the doctor, whether it's whoever it is, they have to be better off having an experience with me. So that's my first purposeful thing. The second purposeful thing is to be grateful all day long. I'm grateful for the sun out. I'm grateful for the fact that I can get out of bed and I can walk because when I was recovering, I couldn't do any of that. My mind would say, okay, there you go. It's time to take a shower. And the body would not move because it needed all of its energy to heal. So it would not listen to me. <laughs> and that's how superior it was. You know, it says if you go up and take a shower, it's going to take you two more weeks to get better because that's energy that you could be using to heal. So it wouldn't let me up. So that's what I'm talking about, being having such a profound relationship with your, with your body that, you know, you can create relationship yeah. with it, you know, and, and you can talk to it and it can respond to you. But your mind must be quiet because it's otherwise it would get all this noise, which doesn't allow you to hear what the body is telling you. So it's a complete reversal and counterintuitive to what our culture teaches us. Our culture teaches us that feelings are impulsive and histrionic and if you're a woman, premenstrual, all those horrible things, which is totally, there are informational database to create right actions in our life. And the culture tells us that there are all these negative things. It's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, Faith, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this and sharing this wisdom with people. If anybody's out there listening, what would you want to tell them? What would be the one thing you'd want to say to them? Nothing is impossible. Absolutely I love it. Nothing. nothing is impossible. I love it. Okay. If people want more information about you, how can they find you? My website is being, B-E-I-N-G dash present, P-R-E-S-E-N-T dot com. On there is a 10-minute video of me doing the model, which will tell you exactly how to get to the present, because we didn't have the time today. And you can watch it as many times as you want for free. Go on it, watch it, and there's some other videos in there and other stuff in there that's really good too. But I would suggest the 10-minute video. I also have a book called The GPS to Self-Powerment that you can buy it in Amazon. It's like $9 or something, and it's not very expensive. But some people like the visuals, I'm like, to be auditory, so you can use the website or you can use the book, or you can contact me directly, which is my email is faymandel03 at gmail.com. Great, and I will link all that information in the show notes as well so people can go there and get that information too. Faye, thank you so much for coming on and talking on The Addicted Mind. I loved it. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to the Addicted Mind podcast. You can find all the show notes at theaddictedmind.com. And once again, if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review us. Oh, and don't forget, join our Facebook group. You can just go to Facebook and type in the Addicted Mind podcast, click join and become part of the conversation there as well. And I hope that you have a wonderful day today. And I will talk to you on the next episode.
I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.